Welcome to the Tearsheet Podcast. I'm your host, Tearsheet's Editor-in-Chief, Zach Miller. The following is part of a new series we're running. It's called The Big Bank Theory, and it's all about the future of banking. We see three options going forward. In the march towards digital, people will gravitate towards the digital arms of incumbent banks, give their business to new upstart challenger banks, or the biggest opportunity, which is bank with the brands they love. Through embedded finance, people are increasingly turning to companies they frequent often. Could be a big retail player like Walmart or SMB accounting software like QuickBooks to plan, store, and move money around. The following series includes content from Tearsheet's The Big Bank Theory Conference, held in November 2021. We had three full days with the top companies and professionals defining what banking looks like today and into the future. We heard from large incumbents like Bank of America and startups like Current. Green Dot is an interesting player in the embedded finance market. It already powers financial services for firms like Apple, Uber, and Walmart. Combine that with an extensive prepaid business, a direct bank, and its own banking license, and you can begin to see where the business is headed. Green Dot already banks tens of millions of customers, and you can get a sense of the scale. It almost feels like it's just getting started. I spoke with Green Dot's Amit Park, who heads up the firm's platform business. He has an extensive payments background, most recently at Apple. We chatted about Green Dot's platform strategy and the role it plays in brands' financial ecosystems. Amit shared some of what he saw are the drivers of innovation in embedded financial services and where the opportunities exist for future growth. Here's my interview with Green Dot's Amit Park. Amit, one, one thing that came up over the past couple of days um, is sort of the, the, the challenge we have around language uh, when we talk about embedded finance, whether it's banking as a service or payments as a service or fintech as a service. Rapid you know, mentioned this yesterday. Uh, maybe you could talk about, uh, put those aside, like what you do at Green Dot um, and how that differs from some of these other concepts. Yeah. Uh, well, first, I think we're going to continue to hear more and more terminology. Um, as I believe it's an effort to differentiate um, mm-hmm. you know, yourself um, in this space. And I think that I think that's the beauty as we're seeing a lot more innovation occurring. Um, but let's break it down to the essence of, of what these are. And so I'll, I'll go into what I what my role is and then I'll tell a little bit of a story of, of what we're trying to accomplish that hopefully tries right. to answer the, story, uh, the question. Um, right. I joined Grade Dot eight months ago. Um, and I am responsible for our banking as a service or banking platform services. So a funny story. I joined. I'm like, well, what is BAS? What is banking as a service? And I said, well, let's call this banking because we have a bank. We have a platform and we provide our services. Mm-hmm. So, so let's call it banking platform services. So I think you're going to hear a lot, a lot more terms embedded finance, um, you know, payments as a service. Um, but at the end, what are we trying to do? As an industry, you know, our mission is giving all people the power to bank seamlessly, affordably, with confidence. And how do we do that? Well, we have a direct-to-consumer business. We have one of the largest money network, uh, retail networks uh, in the country. Uh, We have world-class partners, which I'm fortunate uh, that that's my uh, responsibility. And we have a bank charter to control our own destiny. And so... That sounds great. If I was talking to my neighbor, they'd be like, you know, wake me up now. Like that, that's boring. <laughs> what does that really mean? So 
I'll, I'll take us all on a little bit of a journey. And so I traveled uh, two weeks ago um, and I got an Uber. And, you know, Peter, uh, who was at Uber before you spoke to earlier, uh, luckily we're the, uh, we had a long-term relationship with Uber. And mm -hmm. I think Uber is amazing because for me, it's seamless. I find a car, I book it. When I get out at the airport, I don't think about the payment. So they're seamless for me as a consumer. For that driver, they're able to either right away say, hey, pay me now, or it can go into their uh, other bank account or their green dot Uber bank account. So for them, it's seamless. You know, so that is one example, one of our great partners, Uber, and what we're doing. So if that's Bass, if that's embedded finance, you know, that's an Uber experience that we're providing the financial services for. You know, I have a 14-year-old daughter. So I live in a town called Danville. So she walks to downtown Danville. The other day she sends me a text. Hey dad, I'm at the yogurt shack. Can I have some money? So I sent her 20 bucks, probably too much via Apple Cash. <laughs> Green Dot does the money movement for Apple Cash and is the issuing bank for, uh, for the P2P. So when that money lands on Lily, my daughter's Apple Cash account, she's able to tap at Yogurt Shack and instantly, seamlessly, she's able to get her yogurt and not, you know, uh, and be happy about it and not have to worry about it. As Ronnie had talked about, small to medium businesses really power this country. So that yogurt check is a small to medium business. We have partnerships with cookbooks and with cabbage. We provide the banking services for both of them. And so if that yogurt check is a, um, uh, is a cabbage or, or QuickBooks and they have money by QuickBooks or, or QuickBooks cash, they're able to seamlessly move money. And then, you know, uh, just two other examples is we're also focused on spending, savings, and investing. And so we have a partnership with Stash. And so Stash, if you go to the Apple store, you have a Stash account and you go, you know, uh, buy an iPad there, you get a fractional ownership in Apple. So it's teaching people the power of investing. And then lastly, when you walk into the largest retailer in the world, Walmart, we have Walmart money cards there. You can add cash or, or take out cash. And that, and you know, our money network is available to 95% of Americans within a three mile drive. And so at the end, what are all these terms trying to do? At the end, it's trying to save people time. Mm -hmm. and that comes back to convenience. So I think all these terms are trying to get to that essence. Um, and, you know, the opportunity for all of us is to leverage our assets to help people achieve their financial hopes and needs. I like, I like that vision. Um, you know, and, and language does get in the way, obviously, when we talk about some of these things. So the same thing with fintech, the word fintech. Um, but there's so many new things that are happening, all this innovation out there. W what do you see uh, as the main driver of this type of innovation and that's happening in the market? I don't know where I read this, but this quote just, and I, I should go back and find this quote and, and attribute it properly. Um, but the quote was, Fintechs are not disrupting, you know, the big banks or the legacy financial infrastructure. It's consumer demands. And so what's fascinating mm -hmm. here is, you know, at last time we, we spoke, we talked about that there's three, in my opinion, three things that are really driving things. Well, first was the fact that we all carry a 
computer in our pocket uh, with with a smartphone. So that that to begin with. But then the advent of cloud computing, uh, the continual digitization of cash or the war on cash, and how seamless e-commerce solutions have become. So those three things really are the consumer saying, hey, if I can do this sitting in my house and, and easily, seriously, if, if an Amazon Flux driver can come and, and achieve the last mile, which by the way, we, we, we provide the uh, financial services for Amazon Flux drivers. Um, and I can get that package either same day or next day. Why am I waiting? for my funds, like Rania talked about earlier, like instant funding, mm -hmm. that's the goal. And it's it's hard, right? Because of the fraudsters and risk, uh, et cetera. So at the end, what's really driving all this innovation is consumer demands. Like you should not have to wait, you know, to be able to move money or get the goods and services um, at your doorstep. And so I think that's what's really happening. And this all comes down to how how quickly people can move but also doing it prudently. Um, one of your other guests uh, earlier in the conference talked about, you know, if you're designing products for everyone, you're not designing products for anyone. Or if you're de designing products for everyone, you're not no. designing products for anyone. Right. And so I think that's really, really critical that how do you distill down what the true need is? And I think that's what this world of exploding of fintechs, I think that's what people have been very good at is being able to say, okay, Let's get back to first principles. What are we trying to solve for? Um, and you don't have necessarily a legacy business, you know, that some of the other folks in financial services have to protect. Um, and and so as an example, you know, think about the the rise of P 2 P. Well, you know, clear exchange was around for a long time that could move money bank to bank, but people didn't understand because branding matters and experience matters. And so you know. I always come back to it's all about saving people time and that's convenience. Um, and so that's what's really, in my opinion, disrupting uh, this whole market is being able to provide a great experience and making it super, super easy and saving people time. I like, I appreciate and like the way you described that, Amit. Um, we've heard over the past two days uh, also about the pandemic's impact on, on the market. Um, given where you sit uh, in the ecosystem, what have you guys seen um, as the effect of the pandemic on consumer behavior? Yeah, I, I think uh, the CEO of Microsoft had a great quote about in, in the middle of the pandemic and essentially said that uh, we've seen two years of, of uh, I think, digital transformation uh, in two months. Mm -hmm. um, and there's another uh, article that talked about how Google had tried work from home there's never a high priority. So, but then the COVID hit and I was like, okay, it is the priority. Everything changed, right. Everything changed. So, you know, when I was yeah. at Apple um, and we were working on Apple Cash and we deployed it, uh, we did a lot of work at vending machines, which is, you know, why would you do work at vending machines? Well, we did work at vending machines because you don't want to be the person trying to fumble around with a new technology and you have a line behind you. Like I was at Oakland's airport uh, right when Apple Pay uh, had launched and I was trying to use Apple Pay and was trying to explain it to the merchant. And I, it was you know 5.30 in the morning and I had a very unhappy person behind me uh, who just wanted their coffee. Um, and so we did a bunch of work at, 
Yeah. <laughs> so we did a bunch of work at vending machines because these vending machines now have a beautiful screen and you could provide, you know, uh, you could provide direction, you know, education of how to either leverage Apple Pay or and provide a discount. And so I think what COVID and the pandemic has done is one, it forced people to say, hey, I don't need to go to the bank branch. I don't need to go into the store. I want to be able to, to uh, do what I want to do from the comfort of my home. There was a, I believe it was an, uh, uh, a Fiserv study, uh, study or an FIS study that said in the pandemic, one of five Americans added another bank account. And so hmm. what you're seeing is people have, you know, inertia strong, but the pandemic forced people to change behaviors. And so we're seeing that, right? It, it, what we're seeing is from all walks of life, people are saying, hey, how do I digitize? How do I make this easier? How do I adopt tools that, you know, is better than what I currently have? Um, and then what you're seeing is, you know, 10 years ago, people really, it seemed the numbers said that people had one bank account. And over the last five years, you're seeing a lot more secondary bank accounts that slowly became primary. And that slowly actually right. became much faster during the pandemic because of the ability to put out new features uh, sooner, uh, quicker and quicker. So that's what we're seeing is that just the speed of change, the speed of innovation as, one, as we talk about uh, internally is just increasing. And so that to me was a, was a huge uh, the ignition or one of the big drivers was, was the pandemic. Um, I'm at one, also another theme that we've, we spoke about, particularly to some of the, uh, the platform providers, um, is like sort of the, the, the trade-offs between being a, a platform and being, um, very niche oriented. So how do you design and develop your offerings so that, um, different clients with different, uh, demographic targets, different needs, um, still work cost effectively from a single banking as a service platform? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, back to the beginning, we talked about that. We have a, at Green Dot, we have a direct to consumer business, we have a, a, a retail business, and we have this uh, banking platform services uh, business. Um, in addition, we also have a tax business, uh, and we also have a pay card business to be able to, um, mm -hmm. you know, early wage access. And so, I think one of the huge strengths we have is expertise across all of those businesses. But at the end of the day, what's it about opening accounts and seamlessly moving money? So how do we think about what features and how to do it cost effectively? Well, the beauty is, you know, we can get all five people plus the head of the bank in a room, a virtual room, uh, beautiful Zoom, um, within you know, a day's notice. And so if we're actually saying, hey, I think everyone's going through their FY22 strategic planning, all that kind of uh, long-term planning um, over the last few weeks or, or even now, if we're talking about, hey, what, where do you want to be in the next five years? You know, you set that goal um, and, and march to it. But if we have a partner or if we see something changing in the environment, we can get all those people in a room and talk about, hey, what is, what's the impact on this business, on your business? How can this help your partner? You know, so mm. that's how we've been doing it. And because I'll tell you the knowledge that our tax business 
has compared to our retail business um, is, is, is instrumental in us designing products. Mm-hmm. Um, because then you can say, oh, I'm not just building a business for building a feature for, for one of my verticals within, within banking platform services. Say, hey, if I build this here, how can our retail business use it? How can our tax business see it? So that is the power, and that's how. how and that's been an evolution, frankly. Um, you know, our management team has essentially turned over in the last eighteen months, and so this sort of mm-hmm. focus to be able to um, essentially drive that operational leverage, because if you're just building features, if we build a feature for the gig worker, and that can't be leverageable by, um, you know, parts of it from for SMB then that's just added cost, added time. And in this, we talked about the speed of innovation. If we're not developing products quickly, um, then, then at the end of the day, you know, there's too much innovation around here. Um, and I, I do believe that one of the big benefits we bring to the table is our scale. Um, we have mm-hmm. deep experience in enterprise partnerships. It's a while you do see a press release every day of a new funding round. Uh, of a new platform provider. Um, We've seen a lot um, in regards to edge cases, in regards to how to scale. And and so Mm -hmm. I think leveraging those those five business unit heads to be able to come in a room and say, hey, is this something we should invest in is how how we solve for that. So um, there were a couple, there are quite a few questions that came in from the audience. I, I don't want to get too far off track. Some of the things you just addressed in, in your answer, Amit, um, but one person asked, Fong asks, like, do you, what's the best way for a young startup, a fintech startup to engage with Green Dot? Do you work? I, I guess this speaks to who your, who your clients are, right? Yeah. So, if, so um, one thing we are not the, we, we do not have the vision to be the platform where anybody can come and join, right? Because part of it, it's, it is our bank charter. And so as I talked about at the earlier, like, you know, I want to be at a place where uh, we have the bank charter to control our own destiny. And so we talked to loads of people, but we're making our bets because one of the other benefits that we bring is our expertise. And I don't want to get in a position. I want to help companies grow their business. If that's, you know, a larger company or a smaller company, you know, grow. And so what we're doing um, is we're analyzing what the opportunities are and saying, okay, this is some, this is a opportunity that we believe based upon our assets and their assets, we can, we can build, uh, you know, a safe, secure and profitable relationship uh, together. And so, you know, uh, to answering the question, uh, th- they can reach out, um, if, if you can put me in touch with that person, I can I can uh, put them in touch with the, the folks who run our, our BD group. Great. So Fong, get in touch with me. And and Hirotaka um, asked an, a similar question to something you just described, which was the fact that you own a digital, uh, a direct bank, go-to bank, um, and this platform sort of, there. I guess the question says, what, what's the value between, and you sort of addressed this in your last answer, but what's the value of, of having both those types of things? Because they seem to be going in, in opposite directions. Uh, well, it would be interesting to understand how those are opposite, right? At the end, right, you have right. a platform and you have a bank and you have all these consumers and you have all these great partners. And so 
at the end of the day, we're providing great choice to consumers. Do they want a go-to bank account? Do they want a, a money by Walmart account? Um, do they want a Sash account? Right. And banking is very personal. It has become very personal. Before, you know, 20 years ago, banking was not very personal. You know, you look at the brand, walk into a branch and, you know, you get a debit, debit card. Um, and so I, th I think the beauty is us understanding at a very detailed level, those different consumer types, how they are behaving. And what now do we do? What products do we build? Like that was our conversation mm -hmm. uh, we had yesterday is, is we had a topic on the table and we had all the business unit heads and the product leads. And we said, should we do this? And we were pulling in the data to say, okay, this does make sense or it doesn't make sense. And that one was, we should investigate this more. And so when we, mm. if we end up going forward with that feature, it will be available to our direct consumer business plus our partners, um, which is the power. Amazing. Um, I mean, I have so many questions here for you. We, get, we have about five minutes left, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna pick one that I think speaks to uh, to the depth of of, of what our what your topic is here. And um, you just talked about customer experience. So, um, what kind of customer experiences uh, do you think there'll be demand for in the near future that um, we don't have a, currently a solution for? I, I think in the near future. Um, it's, it's about how do you increase that instant funding? So Rania talked about it. Mm -hmm. um, you know what, as we run Apple Cash, you can fund Apple Cash in with a debit account and that's essentially uh, instant. Um, right now that your two ways are you use debit and it's instant or use ACH, which can be, you know, which used to be three days, but in reality it's a day now. Um, there's a cost differential. There's a risk differential of that. And I believe that one of the next things, and we've seen lots of interesting things with Plaid and um, some other folks in, in the market, I believe that increasing the options of instantaneous while also leveraging the overall data to bring down fraud and risk is the next near term. and. Um, I believe that that one of the interesting things that's happened is because we have all, all because we've had this explosion of, of fintechs, is there's a whole other data set that's coming in. Um, you know, mm. the, the big banks have like EWS they use from a from a risk management standpoint, and I think that over the next one or two years, we're going to see a lot more ways to move money seamlessly that's safer for the consumer. And that is like a near-term um, aspect. It's going to be hard. It's going to be bumpy. But I think at the end, that is something that is really within FinTech. Consumers, they don't care, right? If it's, it's coming from their bank just and they want done. to be able to yeah. do something, they just want to get it done. And you know, when we listen yeah. to calls, people have no idea why either the, their direct deposit is taking a while. Like, why don't they know exactly when it's going to happen? They don't understand, hey, I just transferred this money out. Why is it? Why isn't it there instantaneously? And you know, the U.S. is is a laggard in that space. And I so I think that's going to be a, a really great place of of consumers demand instant gratification. Um, and we we will get there. Um, now, um, it will take a little bit, but I think we're going to see a lot more of that 
uh, innovation in the medium term. Totally. Um, and so while we're talking about the future, I'm also curious, what's your vision for the future of the banking platform? I think we are at a new normal here where you do not need to go to a bank to get services. And so, you know, um, I've been fortunate over time to, to, you know, when I was at Discover, uh, we worked with the old debit man tempo, which had decoupled debit. It looks like decoupled debit is coming back around uh, based on some things, um, you know, uh, and so I think what's old is new, uh, we're continuing to see, but at the end, my vision of this business and where we're going is this intersection of payments, access and identity. And so if you look at that, um, that's how you get to seamless because you have a strong authentication, the identity of, of the person. Um, it's easy to make, it's seamless to make the payment and essentially the access to the funds is, is, is right there. That is where we are marching towards and leveraging our own business plus our partners helps us actually achieve it because at the end, the consumers want to, want to, these big brands matter, trust matters in brands. And if we're able to put ourselves in the center of that and provide our services to a QuickBooks, to a Stash, to an Apple, to an Uber, um, there's many other companies that we can also partner with to expand our reach. Totally. I, mean, I feel like we could talk all day. I really enjoy speaking to you. Thanks for joining us at the Big Bank Theory this year. Uh, it was a pleasure, and I look forward to talking to you again. Thanks for listening. That was an excerpt from Tearsheet's The Big Bank Theory Conference, held in November 2021. For more stories like this, podcasts, articles, newsletters, and conferences on the impact technology is having on the financial services industry, head on over to Tearsheet's website. 